Hallelujah. The title of uh, these, uh, or this series of messages is Lord, Teach Us How to Pray. And then we've had various subtitles uh, along the way, and the subtitle at the moment is uh, Various Kinds of Prayers and Associated Rules. And we've said that, uh, you know, in the, in the Bible we see various types of various kinds of prayers. There's rules to pray in general, and we've said so far that we are praying to the Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. We need to pray according to God's will, uh, and we need to forgive people and have our heart clear and clean of any offenses towards others because that will hinder us in our praying. And then we begin to talk about different types of prayers, uh, such as the prayer of thanksgiving. Uh, we discussed that last week, the prayer of dedication and consecration. And I'll briefly recap some of the main rules surrounding that. Then today we're going to be talking about the prayer of faith and the prayer of agreement. And this is exciting stuff, friends, because the prayer of faith is the prayer where we change things. Things can be changed. We're not left with the situations as they are. We can actually change things. And uh, we're going to be learning how to do that today. But just very briefly, uh, just to pick up again at the top of the page of the outline, we've got a quote there from Charles, uh, rather from John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist denomination. And he said that it seems that God is limited by our prayer life. Uh, now that's amazing right there. That immediately stirs me up that I want to know more about prayer and I want to be praying and not limiting God in my life and, and, and through my life and God wants to touch other people and situations through my prayers. He says it seems that God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone ask him, asks him to do it. And then of course we need to ask in accordance with his will. The Bible speaks about asking amiss and then we're not going to get anything. So it is important that we learn how to pray. And Jesus' disciples came to him one day, and he, they said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus turned around. He began to teach them prayer because they'd been watching him. And Jesus prayed differently to the, the way that the rabbis had taught him how to pray. The rabbis had taught him how to pray, you know, literally just sort of same old, same old uh, uh, you know, just read, read, read some sort of a prayer, whereas Jesus prayed entirely differently. And sometimes we get into a scenario, into a situation where you soon work out if somebody is spirit-led or, or filled with the Spirit and so forth in their prayer. So if it's just, you know, the same, the same little prayer that they pray over and over. Um, and so Jesus showed his disciples how to pray, and he taught his disciples how to pray. And so we say that it is important that Christians today are shown how to pray, that they can catch it, um, and, uh, and also that they, that they receive instruction in regards to the different types of prayers. And I don't know about you, but I want to take my prayer life to a new level. By the way, if you read the newsletter, you'll find that we've organized an all-night prayer meeting in some weeks to come, and, uh, and we're looking absolutely forward to that. You know, I just really stirred up when I read this, this lady's letter and that, that excerpt out of that book that, uh, you know, people's lives have changed because of the prayers that we have prayed. And uh, we are today where we are because of the prayers that we prayed yesterday. And we've got the results today and the breakthrough because of the prayers that we prayed yesterday. And if we want to go further, we need to pray sin again. And so I'm all stirred up about prayer all over again, and I trust you are too. And so very briefly recapping on the, on the first two prayers that we've covered so far. Number one, the prayer of thanksgiving. We said that the prayer of thanksgiving 
should sandwich every other type of prayer um, by being prayed before and after every other type of prayer. Um, we also said that uh, that uh, the prayer of thanksgiving should be prayed over and over again in regards to the same thing. And today we will find that some things we only pray about once uh, and then only offer thanksgiving, uh, and uh, that will be the prayer of faith. Then secondly, we talked about the prayer of uh, dedication and consecration. And this prayer has to do with God's will for us, and it helps us to find the specific will for our lives. And number two, it helps us to surrender to God's specific will and purpose for our lives. And then when I was preparing for this, I thought it also helps us helps to keep us in the perfect will of God. And once you're in it, you're not trying to find the perfect will of God, you're in it. But the prayer of, of uh, dedication, consecration, keeps us in the will of God. Because there is always a temptation of the flesh to go out and to do the, you know, <laughs> uh, do our own thing. All right? And so to keep on praying this prayer, it keeps us in the will of God. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the prayer of faith. In fact, we will be discussing two different types of prayers. Uh, number one, the prayer of faith, and secondly, the prayer of agreement. And so I just want to pray and trust God to, to uh, speak to us this morning. Father, we once again, we want to thank you for your word today. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to honor your presence. But we also want to honor your word. And at this time, Father, as we approach the reading and the proclamation of your word, we choose to make room in our hearts for your word. We choose to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. And we ask, Father, speak to us this morning, instruct us, give us insight and revelation. And I thank you, Lord God, that, uh, Lord, at the end of this message, that we'll know more than what we've known before, but we also determined to not just be hearers, but to be doers of the word, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, the prayer of faith is the prayer that changes things. And I don't know about you, but immediately I am excited because it tells me that I don't have to accept status quo on everything that is happening around me. I don't just have to put up with it and, and call it a case, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. I can change things. I can change things through faith, and I can change things through praying the prayer of faith. I can change situations. I can change circumstances. I can change symptoms. You know, it reminds me, you know, you watch a movie and, you know, somebody comes to somebody and they say, we have a situation. How many of you have ever heard that? We have a situation. Well, we can change situations. Um, and, and we do, absolutely. We don't just wait for them to change by themselves. Certain things don't change themselves. Uh, you know, time moves on, but, you know, certain things just will be uh, whatever they are until somebody releases faith into that situation and believes God that there is going to be a God intervention. And that's what the prayer of faith is all about. It is about God interventions into specific situations and circumstances uh, that need to be changed, that need to be rearranged. And God's very good at rearranging things, but he's asking us to release faith into that. Uh, um, because if you like, God's on the outside and we're in, on the inside. And, uh, you know, as uh, John Wesley said, that it seems that God can nothing can do nothing for humanity unless, unless somebody asks him. And it, that has to do with authority, that you and I have the authority in the earth. 
God's given to us in the, be in the beginning that He says, let's make man in our image and in our likeness and immediately the next breath is, let him have dominion. So friend, we have got dominion in the earth. Alright? And uh, so God is asking us to release faith into situations and to change situations, circumstances, symptoms and so forth. Now the basic function of the prayer of faith is to get something from God. Now, if I were to ask and say, how many of you want something from God? Most everybody wants something from God. Uh, we, are not quite, we are not quite arrived yet in terms of what we are enjoying today. Uh, and, and if it's all right today, tomorrow there could be a new need. I mean, who knows? Uh, and the prayer of faith or the basic function of it is to get something from God, but specifically something which is promised in His written word. It, it deals with the promises of God and praying the promises. Now, before we can effectively pray the prayer of faith, we must, A, know the will of God. Remember when we talked about the, the prayer of dedication and consecration, we might not know the will of God, uh, and so we pray. And, but here, we need to know the will of God. Um, and of course, we've already said before, uh, what's the will of God? Well, God's written word is His will. Um, so as we, as we read the word, as we search the scriptures, as we study the written word of God in regards to different situations, then we will know the will of God and we have to know the will of God before we pray. Otherwise, we can't pray the prayer of faith. And let it be, uh, we have to know what we want from God. You know, sometimes... Uh, uh, when somebody stands in a what we call a prayer line, it's not uncommon for me to, one of the first things, say, look, what do you want from God? Um, and some people go, oh, I don't know. And, and that's all right too. Sometimes people just get drawn into that place. They don't know, but that's okay because God wants to touch them anyway. You know, we, through the laying on of hands and, and speaking blessing over a person's life, we can, we can change situations, but, but it's good to know what we want from God. Um, and as we read the Word, our faith is stirred. As we read the Word, hope is stirred up. And suddenly we realize, I mean, you mean to say I don't have to put up with this for the rest of my life? That's exactly right. We can change things. All right? And so... We need to know what we want from God and let us see. Or thirdly, have a promise in God's Word which promises what we want. Faith comes from the Word. So if we have the Word, we have the promise about something that I need, then I can go before God and pray the prayer of faith. If I want something but I haven't got a promise, I can't pray the prayer of faith. Because faith comes from the Word. If I haven't got a Word, I haven't got faith to receive in this particular area. Does that make sense? And so, it's important then that we have a promise from God's Word. And it's good to, to check up on ourselves. And sometimes on each other. And say, look, you want to pray about that, but what's the, what's the promise you're standing on? Oh, I don't know. What if we don't know the promise, we can't pray the prayer of faith. That's why every believer should be a student of the Word. Every believer should be. If we are serious about our faith in God and about our Christianity, every believer should be a student of the Word. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. 
you know there is a there is a certain level that people can get to when they first get born again and they get involved in church life and in a connect group level and what they're receiving in that place you know there's a certain level that you can get to without doing much yourself in terms of I mean you're engaging but you know at a certain point if you want to go to the next level you got to open up the book and you got to like begin to feed your spirit on God's word and you got to like learn how to find things in there and simple things like like learning how to operate a concordance and tragically ask average show blog in the average church doesn't even know what a concordance is uh, <laughs> and so a concordance is basically some sort of a dictionary that lists every word that's listed in the Bible that helps us to find verses. And as we read the word, you know, we, like we use it like a study book where you just underline things and write things down in the margin of the Bible and become a student of the word. Now, I know that that requires effort. People say, oh, we're under grace, you know, we don't, we don't need to do anything. Well, hello, if you want to get anywhere in God and in your faith, there's effort required. All right? <laughs> Praise God. Are we doing all right this morning? I haven't upset too many people yet. Hallelujah. Well, still a little time left. F.F. <laughs> Bosworth, who was um, a minister of the gospel, taught extensively on, on the subject of divine healing, bodily healing. Uh, he was a man before his time uh, in the sense that he, he had revelation knowledge that was uncommon for his time. Uh, he wrote a book called Christ the Healer. Um, which is one of the better books that I've read on the subject of healing. And, and he made a statement that's always stuck with me. He says, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So once I read the promise, that, and, and, and I believe it, that is the starting point of faith. And of course, uh, as I meditate on that, I go back to it, and I go back to it, and I read it again, and I meditate on it, and I begin to confess it. My mind gets renewed. And though in principle I say, yes, I believe it, but I'm still, I'm still doubtful whether God will do that for me. You know, it's one thing to believe that God is able to do something, but it's entirely another to know that God is willing to do that for me and do that for you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and so as I go over it and over it, so knowing the will of God is the starting point of faith. And, uh, or faith begins where the will of God is known. Now, some of the rules surrounding the prayer of faith is uh, firstly there, we must not use the word, if it be your will, in this prayer. Why, why would we say that if we have the promise, and the promise is clear, that by His stripes, I'm healed, and that if he gives all my, forgives all my iniquities and all of my diseases, uh, and, 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 and heals all of my diseases, why, if the promise is clear, I don't need to ask him if this is God's will for my life. It's already stated right there. I'm not a special case. If it's good enough for everybody, it's good enough for me. All right? I don't need to receive extra, uh, what, how, what the Bible scholars use, a, uh, they call it a extra a biblical revelation. To, to confirm to me that the word is actually true. <laughs> All right. And so we need to be careful with that. Like, you know, there used to be, not so much today, 15, 20 years ago, there was a situation where they say, yeah, um, it's God's will to, to heal people, but God will only heal some. He will not heal all. Well, that's not true. God will heal everybody. 
that comes to him in faith. Absolutely everybody. And so there was almost like a situation of, I remember this one preacher, bless his heart, and he, he only knew what he knew. He only, he only repeated what he had been taught. So it's not about you know, criticizing anybody. But he said, when I stand in a prayer line and, and, and there's a, a person there that wants healing, I, I'm asking God if God wants to heal that person and, and everything. Well, friend, you don't need to re-ask that. That's already been clearly stated in the Word. All right. So it's no good saying, Lord, if it be you will, heal this person, because we're trying to pray the prayer of faith. And if we're saying, if it be you will, we're actually saying, Lord, we don't have faith. Because if we, if we, if we know that it's God's will for that person to be healed now, then we have faith. And so we don't use the word, if it be you will, in that particular prayer. Let me say it again. The prayer of dedication and consecration is the only prayer where we say, if it be your will. You keep that phrase out of all the other prayers, otherwise you're annulling uh, what you're praying. See, if we said, if, it, if, if we did, or if we used that phrase in this prayer, it wouldn't be a prayer of faith, it would be a prayer of doubt and unbelief. And um, God has not committed himself to answer our prayers of doubt and unbelief. God's only committed himself to answer our prayers of faith. All right? So the onus is on us to believe and to operate in faith and the onus is then on God to do that which He has promised, that He will make good His word. Then secondly, the prayer of faith should be prayed only once concerning each specific need. So what that means is that if I have need in the area of, say, healing, which is clearly established in the word that it's God's will for me to be healed. There's no need to ask God all over again. It's already stated in His word. That is part of, this, of the general will of God that is applicable to everybody. Uh, I don't need to ask God again uh, if He would like to supply my needs. That is already stated in the Word, uh, that prosperity and having our needs met is already part of the will of God. That is already stated. All right. I don't need to ask God if, 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 if I can trust Him for, for Him to protect me and to provide for me and to heal me. These things are already clearly established in the Word. All right. And so, meaning that uh, if I pray the prayer of faith, say for argument's sake, ten times regarding a single situation, like I pray over and over again, it means that at least nine times out of the ten I've prayed in doubt and unbelief. Why is that? Because if I pray the prayer of faith once, and I receive that which I've prayed for at the time when I pray, and we'll get into the specifics of that in just a moment, that I don't need to go back again and receive it again and again and again. Um, and if I haven't received it, then I clearly haven't known the will of God, and therefore I haven't prayed the prayer of faith. So at some point, we need to wrestle with this thing and confirm in our minds and in our hearts that yes, this is God's word. Yes, it applies to me. Yes, God wants me to enjoy health. Yes, God wants to enjoy wants me to enjoy his provision and all these other good things and everything, and then to pray once. Let's then move on. We'll come back to some of that in just a moment. Here in James chapter 5, verse 14, is an example of praying the prayer of faith, in this case for healing. We could apply the same, um, the same principle to the area of provision. We could apply the same uh, situation to just praying for somebody for protection, for their lives, that we're trusting God that they will be, uh, you know, just protected. It's part of, of, of God's will for our lives. So here it goes. James chapter 5, 
verse 14. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, or heal the sick, one translation says, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Somebody might immediately ask, well, why hasn't the Lord raised him up before prayer was made? God is looking for faith. All right? God needs somebody to operate in faith. In fact, Kenneth Copeland, amongst other things, he preaches, but he also sings. And he's got one song, and not particularly that I'm excited about his style of music at all. Uh, I don't hardly listen to it. Uh, uh, but anyway, he's got one song there. He says, somebody believed. If there is a situation where God intervened in a situation, in a circumstance, in a person's life, it means somebody somewhere believed and released that faith. All right? Uh, sometimes God... You know, like almost surprises people by doing stuff in their lives and say, "Oh, oh, I didn't even believe God for them." Or somebody else uh, would have prayed for them. Somebody believed. It could have been a praying mo mother, praying father. Uh, <laughs> some somebody believed because God requires faith to activate His power into that particular situation, into that particular circumstance. All right. So. To pray the prayer of faith for sick people, we need to know that it is God's will for them to be healed. We need to be convinced of that. If I'm not convinced of it, I can't pray the prayer of faith. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, like we pray for somebody and say, did, you know, if we say, did you get healed? Um, people say, oh, I hope so. Well, well, hope's important, but faith is what gets the job done. And rather than saying, I hope so, we should say, I know so. I know because this is what the Word says. Um, um, so number one, we, we, we know that it is God's will for them to be healed. Number two, we have a specific promise in God's Word which states God's will. All right, so whatever healing scripture that we choose to stand on, uh, and there are literally scores and scores and scores uh, of passages that we can go to um, and... Uh, and, and to stand on a on a healing scripture um, that uh, you know, like Psalm 103 is a good one. Bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases? All right, heals all of our diseases. When will He do that? When I come to Him in faith and when I receive my healing. All right, uh, and there's various others as well. Uh, then thirdly, or let us see that we pray with an expectation that they will be healed. We don't just pray thinking, oh, I hope this is going to work. We pray with an expectation that once we have prayed and laid hands on them, or in this case, anoint them with oil, that healing is happening. All right. Uh, of course, there's various methods of getting healed. Uh, the anointing with, with oil is one of the methods. Um, it could be through the laying on of hands. That is another method. It could be by just, you know, using with, with, through the gifts of the Spirit that somebody just prays or points to a person and commands healing. You know, there's various means and methods of people to get healed. But in this particular instance here, it says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. So, that, so the, the call goes out from the person that is unwell. 
Say, look, I would like for the elders to come and to anoint me with oil. That is scriptural. All right. And then when they come uh, and uh, pray over them, so the elders, they don't have to have an official title uh, of elders or have an, don't need to have a name badge saying elder. All right. They just need to be somebody mature in the Lord who carries a bit of clout in the church and carries a bit of, you know, a bit of clout spiritually. They have an understanding as to how to do this. Can pray with authority, then um, believe what the word says. Then you know that person can get healed. So the prayer of faith shall save the sick, uh, not the prayer of hope. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Um, and uh, I'm just sometimes. Uh, stirred up, like even in our prayer meeting here this morning, like each time we maybe pray, it's like there's a, a fresh need to get stirred up. You know, we can swing into uh, praying prayers that we've prayed before and swinging into a pattern and into a kind of a mold that, uh, you know, like what they're used to in some of the churches that we've gone, gone to is like doing the recitals, you know, recital, reciting this again and that again and the other without engaging our heart. But each time again, uh, we need to engage our heart and there is a need to stir, get stirred up. It's like if I'm rebuking the devil, I mean it when I say it. I don't just say I rebuke you, devil. I say I rebuke you, devil. Like there's an engaging and there's a, a release of faith required. Otherwise, it'll be just words. Um, and uh, though words are powerful, I can put more power into my words when I mean it. Have you know what I'm talking about? When I mean it, when I say it. And so we're not just whispering, we're not just waffling, we're not just repeating what somebody else has said. We are engaging our faith in this thing. This faith is real, friends. This is not about being religious. This is about engaging our faith. Praise God. So there we go. Um, in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, uh, in fact, in chapter 4, it describes uh, some of the aspects of Abraham's faith. Um, the Bible says that Abraham is the father of all those who believe. So we look to Abraham as a, as a father in the faith. Um, of course, there's various uh, uh, aspects to that. It means that for us as non-Jewish people, we can, and we are not physically uh, descendants of Abraham, but we can get in on the covenant that God made with him through faith. All right, he's the father of all those who believe. He's not just the father of the Jewish nation, but he's also the father of us uh, in a spiritual sense, uh, where we, you know, we are not his physical descendants, but we can get in on that covenant uh, that Abraham had with God. Abraham was a faith man, um, though he had his challenges and his struggles, like uh, like uh, most people do when they get this thing going. You know, sometimes it takes a while to get get it get it right and to get the, the, the rules right in prayer and to learn how to... And by the way, we're faith people. All right, we're faith people. We believe what the Word says. We don't ask for physical evidence that the Word is true. All right? We're faith people. And Paul says that we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We're not blown over. We're not blown away by what we see. Uh, we can change what we see. Uh, and if we don't see it and we want it, we can pray for it and it can manifest through faith. And so that's who we are. So it talks to us there about how Abraham uh, believed. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, we know the story. Abraham and his wife Sarah were childless. Um, Sarah was uh, barren as a woman. And at a certain stage, both of them were too old 
um, to have children, and yet God had promised them a son. They had a, they had a promise that God was going to give them a son. And that promise became the starting point of faith for the two of them to believe God um, and, uh, and to have children. Um, and so it says here in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, it says that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't waver, meaning he didn't like, oh, Oh, it's probably not even true, so what's the point in trying? He didn't say that, all right? There's a wavering, um, um, sometimes another word is oscillating. How do you know what oscillating means? Uh, sometimes we have these fans, uh, physical fans on a, on a table or a standing in a corner somewhere on a hot day. We call it an oscillating fan because it swings around and around and around. Yes, it's God's will for me to be healed. Oh, I'm not sure if it's God's will for me to be healed. Yes, it's God's will for me to be healed. Oh, I'm not sure if it's God's will for me to be healed. Oscillating back and forth. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. James chapter 1 verse... Anybody know the verse? <laughs> Okay, so that's why we say we stay with the program. We stay with this thing. Just because it hasn't immediately worked out how we wanted it to, to work out, we stay with it. All right, so oscillating. Uh, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He had a promise. That's why he was able to receive from God and pray in faith. So it says that he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith. Um, how do you know that we can actually be strengthened in faith? Our resolve can grow. Our conviction can grow. Each time we look at the promise again, we go back to the word, yeah, that's right, it is true. And it is for me. And I go away and the devil tries to bombard my mind and say, oh, it's, it's true, but it's not true for you. I go back again, I have another look, and I'm strengthened in faith. And my faith grows. I meditate on that and get this thing from my head into my heart that yes, I don't just nod with my head, but I actually believe it with my heart. With the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. With the heart we believe. So we can get into a situation where with our head we nod, yes, I know God's word is true. But when the chips are down, do I believe in my heart that God will heal me? There could be a, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Well, we go back to the promise again. Go back to the promise. Confess the word some more. Uh, let faith come. And let us be strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. When we give glory to God, our faith is strengthened. I remember years ago, I might have told this story before, but Vanessa and I were at the point of really stirring in this area of, of our ministry and our calling, and we had the opportunity to go to Bible school to train for the ministry that God had called us to. And... Uh, and I had faith for me to go, and so I went away, spent some time fasting and praying, and praying the prayer of dedication and consecration, and praying whatever I knew to pray, and, and to get God's direction for the situation, and because under the current configuration it, it couldn't work, I was in an employment situation, that, and I need, needed to get time off, and we needed the money, just to make a long story short, I went away. While I was away, one of the guys that was, ended up being a, a teacher in the Bible school, 
talked to Vanessa and, and they said, where's Stefan? Oh, he's away praying about going to Bible school. What about you? Well, he's going. He says, well, I think you need to go too. And, and so ne next minute her heart is stirring. And so anyway, she rings me and up, I'm up the line somewhere. And she rings me and she's crying and she's all excited. And oh, look, I, uh, I need to, you know, so I, I really feel that, you know, I need to go as well. And well, that threw me because I had faith enough for me to go. I didn't have faith for her to go. <laughs> it was just too much. For where we were at at the time, it's just too much. I just, you know, you can have faith for one thing, but not faith for another yet. And this is not about shame or, or shame on you. It's just, just owning up. I just didn't have faith for her to go. But she did. You see, somebody believed. And uh, so anyway, in the end, I sort of committed that to God. And in the end, God spoke to me from the Scriptures. He just give glory to God. Just give glory to God. If you don't understand it, you don't know how it's going to work, just give glory to God. And, and that will be faith in itself. And so my faith grew, and because in the meantime I'm watching her, we had uh, three little kids. Um, somewhere along the line, a fourth one came along. <laughs> and last Sunday before Bible school was to start on the Monday. So in the meantime, she's getting all the kids, you know, this preschool days, Kids are not at school yet. She's getting all the lunch boxes together, and lunch boxes is only happening when kids go to school or the kindy, and she, she's getting all the stuff lined up and the kits and everything. And I thought, okay, she's uh, clearly expecting to go to Bible school here, and like she's uh, doing everything in the natural that she knew to do and everything. And so anyway, God says, just give glory to God, just give glory to God. So anyway, make a long story short, God opened up the way for both of us to go. But that didn't happen because God wanted it to happen. That happened because somebody believed. Yeah. In fact, it was the Sunday morning uh, before school was to start on the Monday that somebody had committed to look after our children and everything. It was like miraculous stuff just lining up. Uh, it was just amazing how things just lined up, but God will do that. You see, there was a circumstance that looked impossible in the natural, but God moved here, He moved there, and He moved there because somebody believed. And I'm encouraging you, what situation are you finding yourself in right now uh, that it just looks so impossible, but to God, nothing is impossible. God just wants somebody to believe. So why don't you go to the Word and search the Scriptures and find yourself a Word that will fit in your particular situation in your particular circumstance and pray the prayer of faith. And then thank God for it. And just absolutely go to, go to town. I'm praising and thanking God. Offer the prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, that you've answered my prayer. I don't see it yet, but I have received the answer to my prayer. I give you praise. I give you thanks. You're a good God. You're for me, Father. And your word says, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I believe your word. And I prayed your word. And I'm expecting now, Father, that you have intervened in that situation. And just absolutely offering the prayer of thanksgiving and praise. And just thanking God, giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, He was also able to perform. You see, Abraham didn't start out being fully convinced and neither did Sarah. Uh, the two of them had a struggle. I mean, there was a struggle in the early days of their, of their faith walk, but somewhere along the line, the Bible says that Abraham believed and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And then when, you know, he came to, to Sarah and, and, you know, talked about having children, God visited them uh, uh, 
physically visited them and they put on some dinner for God and in the meantime Sarah is in the tent and God says you're going to have a child and she's in there laughing and uh, and God says Sarah why are you laughing I didn't laugh <laughs> I mean how dumb can you get to, to deny having done something when God says you, you've just you've just laughed or you've just done this you know like as if we could hide from God and <laughs> make it oh not God I didn't do that it's like God knows everything. I mean, anyway. Um, and so anyway, so they struggle. They struggle. And God came and he cut a covenant with them. And he says, your descendants are going to inherit this land. And God says, you're going to have a son and, uh, and everything. And along the way, there's quite a journey really. Along the way, they weren't convinced at all in the early days. And we might read the scripture and not in any way be convinced. I mean, in our head, we might say, well, yes, in principle, I agree. I agree that God's word is true. But have I got faith for that to happen in my life right now? Not fully convinced yet. But as we stay with the program, we read the word, we meditate in the scriptures, we confess that word, uh, faith will rise. And then we are fully convinced that God had promised, that what God had promised, He was able also to perform. To have faith means to be fully convinced about God's ability and willingness to make good His promises. Um, I was uh, talking to Western Carey, whom many of course, may, many of you know, and Western operates in an incredible faith. He's built his faith over the years in the area of healing. And then sometime, uh, sort of just talking to him about the way that he operates through the words of knowledge and people getting healed. And I says, Weston, it strikes me as though that most people really get healed on your faith rather than, than on their faith. And he wasn't entirely disagreeing. But, uh, I mean, he absolutely has faith that when people come, and even though he's encouraging everybody to believe that in terms of, terms of the faith to get the job done, uh, th there's an aspect of where somebody has to believe. So to have faith means to be fully convinced about God's ability and willingness to make good His promise. Uh, in some instances, we can embrace this thing quicker than in other instances. I've told uh, the story before where in the setting that I grew up in, in the religious uh, culture, cultural setting there, where for me to believe God for prosperity was an immense struggle because I've been told and, and modeled that, you know, priests vowed a vow of poverty and that, you know, we just got to make do and get by and, and be thankful for the little that we have. Now, we need to be thankful for what we have, but we believe in God for more. So that was like an immense thing. When I first heard the prosperity message, it nearly blew me out the water, like it's all too much. It's all too much. Errors. <laughs> to go somewhere else. This is like all wrong. But you need to go back to the Word and say, hello, it is here. They, they, they said it's from the Word, but, but it is actually here. And if it's in the Word, we don't care how much struggle we have, we stay with the program. If it's in the Word, it's true. And, 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 and if it can be explained to, to, to us that it, it is for now, and not just for yes, yesterday or for, for the previous uh, dispensation or the previous covenant, it is for now. Then we stay with the program, and suddenly what seemed to struggle before, suddenly at some stage along the way, we become from not being fully convinced at all to wanting to be convinced. 
and then becoming convinced and then we get to the stage where we, we are convinced. Uh, you can't talk me out of it. Uh, if some people get talked into something, then they get talked out by somebody. They go and talk to, to the faith person over here and then they go and talk to Mr. Doubt and Unbelief and say, what do you think about that? Stop talking to this guy over here. He will talk you out of it again. There's some preachers I don't listen to. <laughs> no, sir. No, siree. And some people I don't read after. No, siree. I, I, I need nobody. I need nobody to put a stumbling block in the way for me to believe God in an ear. When I see it in the Word, that's good enough. I don't need to ask Mr. or Mrs. Offended. Mr. or Mrs. A wannabe preacher. A wannabe theologian. Couldn't get a ministry anywhere, so open a website and make it look really flash and only got five followers and trying to disseminate heresy. And I don't need to go there. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Fully convinced <laughs> about God's ability and willingness to make good His promise. And so flowing on then to get into the mechanics and the specifics of it, Mark 11:24. In fact, I need to move quickly now. Man, that clock is watching, is moving fast. Put, put your watches away and bring out your calendars. Bring out your newsletter. <laughs> July, August, September. We've got a bit of time up our sleeve here. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'll let you out at lunchtime. Uh, Mark 11:24. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. You think that uh, it's got some clout because it's in the Word, and it's definitely got some clout because it's printed in red. Jesus doing the speaking. Therefore, I tell you, all the things you pray and ask for, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. Now, there's different translations. This is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Then there is the King James, New King James. There's various translations that uh, render the same truth in just slightly different terminology and different words, some more modern than others. But basically, as we study the original text and go right back to the original words through the use of a dictionary, we find out that there are three tenses in this one sentence. Three tenses. There's present, past, and future. And if you don't understand that, then we're going to come up short somehow. In fact, uh, Kenneth Hagen had a revelation on this verse here, on the previous one, Mark 11, 23 and 24. He had a revelation uh, while he was on the bed of uh, what he calls the bed of affliction or the bed of sickness. At age 16, he was given up to die. Uh, he had a revelation, and on the strength of that revelation, he got healed. And then he went into ministry and preached for over 60 years and died at age, I don't know, 85, whatever he was, having fulfilled his whole ministry because he received faith from that verse of Scripture here. And uh, so the present tense is, is all the all the things you pray and ask for. So in other words, the prayer of faith mainly deals with things. This is not about people. When I pray for people, that's called intercession. Uh, and to some extent, their will is involved. But when it gets to things, uh, it's, it's, it's different. Okay, We're not battling against people's wills. I can simply receive a thing. Uh, all the things you pray and ask for. Or as one translation says, Whatsoever things you desire, um, that's written in the present tense. When you pray and ask for, let's just say, 
I'm asking and praying for right now. On Sunday in the morning, at, uh, just before midday, I'm asking right now prayers and tens. I'm now praying the prayer of faith. This is the present tense, the point of prayer. Then it gets, secondly, to the past tense. He says, believe that you have received them. Well, that's past tense, received. Uh, 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 with the ED at the end, that turns the present tense word into a past tense word. All right? Uh, and then the third tense there, it says, and you will have them as future tense. Well, I mean, <laughs> that requires a bit of explanation to get our head around that and to get our spirit around it. So basically what it means is this. It means that when I pray, which is now, I need to believe that I receive what I pray for now. And as I go along, and in fact, and, and then he says, and you will have, and will have his future tense. I need to receive when I pray, and I will have his future tense. And there's usually a time frame involved from the time that we pray and receive the answer to our prayer by faith to the time that the answer to my prayer manifests, which is future tense. Uh, that's where that thing comes in. When I pray and I go along my way, I need to believe that I have received at the point when I pray. Um, receive what? Well, the answer to my prayer. Receive it how? Receive it in by faith. Um, believe that I get God's answer to my prayer at the moment I pray, and then I shall have. There's a difference between receiving when I pray and having the answer to my prayer manifest minutes hours, days, possibly weeks or even months down the track uh, have the answer manifest uh, physically so that I can actually feel it, see it, touch it. In the meantime, I need to see it in the Word. You might say, well, how do I know I have received it? The Word's the proof. The Word's the evidence. How do you know it's yours? The Word tells me it's mine. The word we've said is the title. The word is the evidence of the things not seen. I'll see it down the track physically. I'll be able to touch it, line it, sit in it, drive it, spend it. <laughs> Whatever it is, the thing that I've prayed for. But in the meantime, I need to receive it by faith. And the word, the word, the word is the evidence that it's mine. And what do I say from point A once I've prayed to point and believe, to point B and C to, to the time that I actually believe it. Well, I confess. Uh, all the way along, I confess that I have received. I believe that I have received. And of course, the devil says, yeah, but you haven't got it yet. No, 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 no. I, I got it, all right. I will see it, but I got it by faith. The words, the evidence that it's mine, and I have received. The word tells me if I have believed that I received, when I pray, then I shall have, and in the meantime I offer prayer of thanksgiving and praise, and I thank God for the answer to my prayer. Thank you, Father, for your intervention into that situation. I know it's changing right now. It's changing first in the realm of the unseen, but it'll come through. It'll be visible. I have received. In fact, that was the whole aspect of the teaching there, where Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and he made a faith declaration to this thing. And he says, no man will eat fruit from you ever after again. And walked away. 
and nothing changed. The disciples said, oh, Jesus probably hasn't slept enough. He's probably just losing it, like uh, speaking to fig trees now. They walk down the road, get into Bethany. Next day they come back out again on their way back into Jerusalem. And Peter says, Master, the fig tree whom you cursed, it's dried up from the roots. And uh, so the roots is the invisible, the invisible part, uh, you see. And, and Jesus was teaching us how to pray the prayer of faith, uh, how to release our faith into a situation, and it first affects the invisible, the unseen realm. And we need to be comfortable with the unseen realm. The Word of God deals with the unseen realm. And the Word of God helps us to pull healing and provision from the unseen realm and to pull it through into the realm of the seen so it manifests and we can enjoy it. How many know what I'm talking about? And so that's absolutely vital that you get your head around this thing that when you pray, you believe. And you walk away from there and uh, you say, no, I've, I've believed that I have received. I believe that I have received at the time. And of course, the devil in the meantime tries to bombard my mind. It's not true. It's not happening for you. It's happening for other people, but it's not happening for you. I say, shut up, devil. I believe that I have received when I prayed. The Bible says I shall have. Thank you, Father, Lord, that you're for me. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you for the promise. And in the meantime, we go back to the word and make sure that we remain convinced and I don't talk to Mr. Doubt and unbelief over there because he will talk me out of it. Say, you can't call yourself healed and you're as sick as a dog. No, I believe that I'm healed. I believe that I'm healed. And if I hold on to the confession of my faith, I shall, the physical healing shall manifest in my body. And that's what it means to walk by faith. Having the things that we ask for in prayer meaning having, um, enjoying, it depends on us believing that we have received them when we pray, at the point of prayer. The receiving is done at the time when we pray. The having happens sometimes after we have prayed. And there's usually, as we've said, a time frame between the receiving and the having. And it is during that time that we confess by faith that it's ours, that we have it now. Uh, I mightn't see it yet, I mightn't enjoy it yet, but our confession is that that need is met. My body is healed. We have a breakthrough in that situation. And uh, I'm running out of time fast, so we're not going to get to the prayer of agreement today. But let me just finish off here. There's one verse of scripture there in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 where it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. One translation says, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful who promised. Paul called it calling the, the, fighting the fight of faith. What is the fight of faith? It's fighting and holding on to the faith and holding on that I believe that I have received to the time that it physically manifests in my life, and, uh, and not being talked out of it, not being uh, pushed, not being, you know, the devil. Uh, you know, the devil is never far when we pray the prayer of faith. And as soon as we finish praying, he already starts on the mind, already starts bombarding and everything. That's why it's important that we're fully convinced of the word. So during that time again, I'm just repeating now, we hold fast the confession of our faith 
we say things like, I believe that I have received my healing, and B, we offer thanksgiving to God for granting us the answer to our need. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Um, and uh, in the meantime, once the, what we've prayed for has manifest, we don't need to believe it anymore because by now it's settled. It's a done deal. But the believing has to be done from the time that we pray to the time that it manifests. And the Word is the evidence that it belongs to us. The Word is the proof until such time that it manifests. And sadly, many people say, uh-uh, seeing is believing. But, but the Bible says, no, believing means that you will see it. If we ask for physical proof that it's true, we're not operating in faith. And so very quickly now, as we round up, uh, uh, sometimes when people get prayed for, they don't always realize the difference between an outright miracle where there's a God intervention into a moment of time and fixing the situation up in a moment from the time that they receive prayer to the time that they go back to their chair, they're healed. Uh, it's all fixed up. So that's the miracle situation. But sometimes there's a healing which begins from the moment the prayer is had and the outworking of it could be hours, could be days, could be even weeks away uh, until such time that the full healing has manifest. And uh, not uncommon, uh, and we're all tempted in this area, if we receive prayer and then they say, okay, do something you couldn't do before. Ah, oh, still there. Oh, no. Oh, it hasn't worked. So back still sore and this is still, oh, it hasn't worked. Uh, well, the confession is, no, it has worked. The confession is, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. The confession is, I believe that I have received and I will have. And if I hold on to the confession of my faith, which means that faith will continue to work and bring this thing to completion rather than just saying, you know, demanding physical evidence to work out whether it's worked or not, whether it's true or not. The Word is the evidence that it's true. And the word is our title deed that we have received it. And when it manifests, well, it's a done deal. And at that point, we no longer need to believe we set our sights on new faith projects. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so the prayer of faith. Uh, There's a, a bit to it. And, uh, uh, and, and I encourage you to read some of the writings of Kenneth Hagin and some of these people that have taught us faith down through the years. And uh, just go back to some of that stuff because it's also vital. We don't have to put up with status quo. We can change things. We can change search, uh, circumstances and situations. You know, when they say, we have a situation, say, we can change that situation. Praise God. All right, Father, we, once again, we want to praise you. We want to thank you. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, faith and prayer changes things. We thank you, Lord God, that faith and prayer invokes God interventions into circumstances, situations, uh, issues and so forth and so once again we look to you Father and Lord everything that we've heard today and everything that we've read and everything that we've previously heard we're asking Lord God that Lord all of that turn from information to revelation that there is a revealing of the power that is available the power that is at our disposal when we pray in faith and I thank you again Father for every man every woman and every child we thank you for the touch of God upon every person in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord God, the transformation is taking place. Lord, that we're shifting, we're moving from where we've been, Lord, into a new place. We're growing in faith. 
I thank you, Father. Lord, that there's greater levels of freedom and liberty that is enjoyed than what there was even last year. I thank you, Lord God, that there's greater levels of, of uh, prosperity, Lord, that is manifesting in each and every one of our lives. That, Lord, we not only have our own needs met, but we're able to help other people to have their needs met. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're able to give to every good work, Lord, and we praise you and we thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for a spirit of faith in the house today. It's possible. People said it wasn't possible. The devil said it wasn't possible, but the word says it's possible. Oh, hallelujah. You said that all things are possible to him who believes. Issues that have been around for years and years, tying people down, holding them back. Lord, we can change those. We can change those. We thank you, Father, that things are changing, even now, as we look to you, Lord God, that there is a God intervention. Lord, that you're invading lives by your Spirit. You're bringing revelation. Faith is going to new levels. That which we struggled with before is now, Lord, we're now fully convinced. Thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah. And Lord, we cast from our minds situations and even memories of when people have prayed and they said they believed and it hasn't worked out. Lord, we go back to your word. Your word. Your word is the primary rule of our lives, not people's experiences. Your word, Father, is the truth. Praise God. In fact, I believe that's a word here for somebody, at least at least somebody, that in order for you to walk in faith to a higher level, you need to cast down situations where things hadn't worked out the way that you'd hoped and thought you had believed, or perhaps somebody else had said they believed and it didn't work out for them and somehow uh, and everything. And you know, deep down we don't really know what goes on in people's hearts. So we need to just let go of situations and go back to the Word. Friend, do not elevate somebody's experiences above the authority of God's written Word. Don't do that. And don't put it alongside. Uh, it's not the same. doesn't carry the same cloud, the same authority. We're not led by, we're not, faith doesn't come by pe from other people's experiences. We, we, we can hear somebody's testimony and be encouraged by it. But ultimately we go back to the Word. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your Word. We thank you that your Word is truth. We believe your Word, Father. We choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we do not demand physical evidence that your Word is true. Hallelujah. 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 I'm having a sense that at a moment like this, when there's a high level of faith that there is right now, there ought to be some praying going on. Like, wow, just some praying and some speaking into situations and, and, and just putting into practice the things that we've learned. Speaking faith. Speaking faith. Speaking faith. Thank you, Father. Lord, we release faith right now. We believe. 
Lord God, that all of our families are saved. We call them saved in the mighty name of Jesus. We call them delivered. We call them free to serve God. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, we receive all of our needs made according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But Lord, the bank manager might make discouraging comments, but we encourage ourselves in the word. We thank you, Father, that you supply our every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that the doctor might give us a bad report, but we believe the report of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1. Hallelujah. Whose report do you believe? Well, we believe the report of the Lord. And that's what we declare. That's what we confess. That's what we expect. Lord, we say, Lord, let it be unto us according to your word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. There's a shifting, a shifting, a shifting going on in people's minds. A recategorizing of putting their own experiences and other people's experiences way down, way down in the pecking order in regards to what's really true and what's really important. The Word is true, ultimately. We might be dealing with facts, but the Word is truth. The Word is truth. People's circumstances and experiences, and they might be facts, but the Word is truth. Hallelujah. 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 We speak deliverance. Deliverance over people's lives. Breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. Freedom. Freedom. I was just thinking a while ago, we were singing about a song about freedom, and I thought, wow. Wow, I remember when I wasn't free. <laughs> and being free feels much better than not being free. <laughs> it's like you get so used to freedom that we forget what bounded people feel like. And, but, you know, you stay with the program. Stay with the program. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. The God has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. If there were any way to, to wear out that scripture, I would have worn it out because I had so many bondages in my life and I confessed that word that I've been delivered and delivered and delivered and I wasn't looking for physical evidence to see if the word was true. I simply believed the word. And in the process, the power of God gets involved in our lives and, and smashes down strongholds and bondages and situations and mindsets and everything just changes. Hallelujah. Being unbottled, uncorked, emotionally. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the grace and the mercy of God over every family represented here today. We bind the enemy and we command him to cease his operation. Every demonic stronghold is broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of infirmity is bound and your powers are broken. We declare freedom, liberty, health over people's lives. Thank you, Father. Breakthrough, situations, Lord, that were difficult before and now dealt with by the power of God. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Healing. 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 
Receive it right now. You don't have to have somebody to pray for you specifically. You can just receive healing as the word is declared. Just receive it right now. We receive healing, Father, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're doing all right? <laughs> Praise God. All right, we're closing the service right here. Make sure you take your newsletter home and read it. Cover to cover. Oh, it's flash. It's fancy. Get on the website. Hallelujah. And let's gear up for that all-night prayer meeting. I'm expecting, I'm expecting like crowds at this all-night prayer meeting. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. Praise God. All right, have a good afternoon and... Uh,